Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on November 8th, 2019, over on twitch.tv slash As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the capabilities of light. So this particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we get any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is the guardian that doesn't like watching any horror movies, so <laughs> please don't bring it up. Green-eyed music lover. <laughs> and last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Volshock Berserker from the Do You Know Destiny account. Volshock, how are you doing? I am kind of tired. I know how that one goes. Uh, so usual introductory question next for you. Where can we find you out on the internet? Um, you can find Did You Know Destiny on Facebook at the same name, Twitter and Instagram at DYK Destiny, a shortened version. And I we just started a podcast ourselves called I was about to say, you guys, now You Know Destiny. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, I like I like how the you played off the name on that one. Yeah, at, I saw that the other day. At least it was an easy title to think of. <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit more about what your guys's concept is with this one? Because do you know D- Destiny is like those little tidbits, those you see the I call them postcards that you put up where you have information about the history and the game and the a little bit of the lore. A lot of times going into it, but how are you? How are you translating that to the podcast now? Well, with the podcast, at least, it's more long form, so we can get a little more in-depth than the cards, because I'm limited to a single paragraph on those, and here we're doing a whole hour. Right now, we're just covering the main timeline, so we're not going too in-depth, but I hope with the like general topics, like lightnings, for example, we can get pretty in-depth depth mm-hmm. with it. Nice. Absolutely. So... What is your favorite lore story in Destiny? Well, as we're about to find out today, Ulan Tan and the Symmetry. Nice. His... Warlock apologist. Hey, it's hey, fine. hey. What did Ulan Tan do wrong? Die. <laughs> Whoa. 
<laughs> Shots okay. fired. You're <laughs> like just unapologetic right there. You're a hunter main, right? Uh-huh, we have fine. more dead hunters than there are Morlocks. <laughs> I just love the like lack of hesitation on Green's part. Die. Like <laughs> wow. I mean, I couldn't think of anything else that happened Chat. that he did. Chat. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> well, okay, there's not a whole lot of history on him. All we have is like slight um notes about from his followers mm-hmm. or like afterwards you don't have a lot of in-depth of what he did in his life so it's hard to say oh what did he Just do his wrong? theories my you know? they my whole ram. thing is yeah my whole thing is i want to know if he was if the symmetry was just about the light or if it also was about politics and that would be interesting because like that was the is thing is the light right but i mean like if you like the the concept of symmetrical like alignments and everything like that is that everything is equal yeah and so like like i i have like this really kind of odd thought that maybe that's where some of the apprehension about the symmetry comes from is that it lowers the importance of guardians and it's like no civilians are just as important as guardians like they're they're you know they're on the same level we shouldn't be able to have like a consensus with the guardians having predominant control of the politics of the city, because if you look at the consensus, it's like the Vanguard and the speaker who are all kind of speaking for the guardians, then only like three factions. So it's actually heavier on the garden side. And so like there's this, there's potential for a whole like political component there as well. I mean, their ideas were quite, I would say extreme from the speaker's point Mm -hmm. of view. Right. Right. Cause they saw the speaker thought the darkness was like something that should be eradicated, but the symmetry is like darkness must exist. And so much. Yeah. And I, I have my own thoughts there too, because it's like, yeah, you don't tell an army that, you know, that thing that you're fighting. Yeah. It's not really able to be defeated. Like (laughs) it's not going to go over well with the generals. Well, we're definitely going to have more to talk about that. I'm sure, especially as we get into the advanced episode, because I have a feeling we're going to at least touch upon some of the newer cards that have been released recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're interesting. But, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm just going to keep calling you Berserker because it's easier than saying Volshaw. Vol. 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 I sound like I'm saying right. bull every time. That's a bull? Fair point. It's fair a, point. No worries. No That's worries. A fair point. Uh, <laughs> uh, what got you into lore exploration? Like, were you reading Ishtar Collective? Did you find uh, a video a creator already? Or did you just kind of dig into the story well, itself? To explain that would be to explain... I I usually have an obsession with something. And before it was Destiny, it was Halo, because huge, expansive world. And then when Destiny came out, I had, it was, I, I just, my dad owned it. So I started playing it one day. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Let me, let me look into this a little bit and then rabbit hole immediately. Interesting. Interesting. And I think I'm pretty sure I already know the the answer to this one, but for our listeners and our guests in chat, what class is your primary class, sir? The best one. 
Warlocks. <clears throat> Warlock by heart, Titan as a secondary. Okay. Why why Warlock? What attracts you to them? Is it the like a mechanic thing or is it an actual more like personality? Say personality thing, the scholar aspect. side of it. Cuz I would I would if it was an RPG, I would always choose the mage. But I would always mm-hmm. have a swordsman heart. Okay. I get you. I get you. Uh that's so funny. In reading chat, chat is being very vocal about <laughs> aspects of war- warlocks this evening. Warlock, curiously, um, and I'm curiously not- killed the warlock. Yeah, because well, the was, list of yeah. the list of the light bearers that I have actually, if you count the classes, warlocks have the most. <laughs> the most that have been dead, killed really, at the moment. Yeah, it's it's up by there. A yeah. long ways. It's, it's like really bad. <laughs> I told him. It's, I told him. And I, think I told him. Is. Shh! Don't tell him that. That's okay. Just. <laughs> <laughs> and knowledge taught him how to res until he forgot. <laughs> until he forgot. That's what happens when people rearrange the furniture. I think it's a little bit like the whole like D and D wizard thing. Because if you're a wizard in D and D, you have to memorize certain spells oh, a day. You think they just didn't they memorize the spells appropriately? Yeah, I think they just and then they utterly forgot it like i don't think they i just don't think they remember how to do it poor wizard you don't use it you lose it that's so accurate we're gonna get hate mail it's gonna be oh my god i'm gonna get hate mail for that one i it's mean fine. warlocks will be at least in d1 will be very good at remembering their quote spells with them dying a lot and self-resting mm-hmm. yeah which i miss they had a lot of practice yes we'd had a lot of i had a lot of practice Self, oh man, self. I love, I love having so much practice. A sun singer on our team that was so useful. Devil solar grenades with sunbreakers on. Oh god, those those terrible matches. Yes. All right, blue. I don't have any sort of crazy question I want to necessarily pose to him because I I actually want to give him that time to talk about his own theory on light. Okay, once cool. We get down yeah, there. definitely. And then did we did we have a community question this week? We did not. Okay. I did not bother the community with it this week. Fair enough. So enough with our chatter. Let's run through some quick housekeeping notes, and then we will give the mic back over to Volshock and let him let him regale us with the the theories of light. Oh yeah. Last week, we discussed the extra lore topic for October No Man's Sky. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to let us know by giving us a shout over on Twitter, leaving a comment on Podbean, or sending us a quick email at focusfirechat at gmail.com. Reviews or comments on where we can improve are always welcome. They let us know how we can do better to create a more enjoyable experience for everyone. To all who have already sent feedback or left us a review, thank you once again. As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. 
The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topic will be posted there, so for the additional information or guest details, be sure to check out the site. Next week's topic is going to be a discussion on the various foundries and their gear. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging the team in the conversation. We can't wait to read what your thoughts are. But for now, let's get back to the show. So if you want to take it away, Volshock. Okay, well, I want to start off with my personal theory on the light. Since I I really dived into the uh, teachings of Ulantan... Because so far, his teachings seem to be the most applicable, given... How so? In one of his, I would say, rules on the light, for the, on the symmetry theory, would be that all light is connected. And that is apparent during the moon mission in D1, where the hive are extracting light from a shard of the traveler and mm-hmm. it's pulling light from the traveler itself as well so when they free it and the shard is freed the traveler can heal and a second a second instance where this is true is when the red legion traps the traveler in a cage stopping the i would say invisible branches of light from connecting the guardian to the traveler And no other theory that I've read in game theory kind of has that many instances of it being true. So here's a question I have for you then. If the hive were essentially infecting the traveler or preventing it from healing with the initial shard mission back in D1... What do you think about the shard and the EDZ and what's going on there? And the fact that there's so many um, enemies, maybe not necessarily minions of darkness, but enemies certainly there and collected in the twisted and the dark forest and everything going on there. How how would that affect the traveler? It's interesting because um, while I do like Ulan's teachings a lot, I do see them as incomplete. Mm-hmm. Like how okay. um, Newton ha- developed many rules of the universe, and then they were later refined. To my personal interpretation of the symmetry is that while the light is connected wholly, there can be instances where a source can survive if a other source is blocked off. They say that the shard and the EDZ is corrupted, different than the light of the traveler, which could very loosely lend an idea that the light in the EDZ is its own source. So if anything happens mm-hmm. to the traveler, the EDZ shards won't be wholly affected by what would happen to it. 
Well, that was kind of proven at the beginning of the Red War in some respects. Even though the traveler itself was cut off and our light was cut off from the primary source, connecting to the corrupted traveler. And this led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole to try to figure out what would be a kind of level of a light accumulation that would be considered Mm -hmm. a source. So this is where I started crunching numbers. Okay. Um, at the beginning of Destiny 1, our Guardian is at 5 light level, based on the light level given during the Taken King leveling system change. And I'm going to skipping my numbers a bit. At the beginning of D2, we are at 100 light. And here's, here's my little assuming where the theory can fall apart. There's a six-month difference between the Taken, the end of the Taken War, and Rise of or Rise of Iron to Destiny Two. Six months difference. Mm-hmm. If we assume our Guardian didn't get any more powerful, the 400 light level max of Rise of Iron would be the same as a 100 level we started out as on D2. But then we lose the and light drops level. us down to 10, which would be in D1 levels a 40 level light which is eight times more than our d1 beginning okay when we re- when we regain our light we are only at 20 which is 80 in d1 levels so it's 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 a hard number to figure out because it's 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 hard to figure out because i would like to think that our guardian was close to becoming its own source because since us we were since we're toted as the strongest of them all mm-hmm. i would like to think that we were close to becoming our own source but we didn't get to it that's why we were weakened when the traveler broke off and sadly i haven't been able to determine a range of a possible source in my theory a branch off source. Interesting. I'm looking at your numbers because you were kind enough to give us the the yes. link to your theory and everything, and you essentially have just every number that we we have reached so far. You have multiplied it times four because we are already four times more powerful at the beginning of D2 in some respects than we are at D1, even though we lost light. But one could even argue that technically after we lose light, we go all the way back to back to all the way down to the base of 10. We're not actually at that 40 mark because um, to say that we're at that 40 mark is to essentially, even though veterans are experienced, the non-veteran wouldn't necessarily have that experience behind them. They would be kindergartens. So wouldn't they actually be at a light level of 10 instead of the exponential of the times four? That could be possible. It's it's um, a little difficult because since the dialogue is different between veteran and new at the beginning of Destiny 2, mm-hmm. it's would it, branching but I always I always assumed that in lore in the in the in the in universe that it's always mm-hmm. the guardian with a, like capital G and that mm-hmm. is this is their story the this singular guardian so even if they didn't play 
Destiny 1, they, it would be still their background of that guardian. Right. But that changes with New Light, which makes it a lot more complicated. Yeah, definitely. And the concepts that... The concept of quantifying something based off of obviously numbers in game are more for our own level for our own uh, ability to quantify where we're at in game to reach a new level you wouldn't necessarily have Ikora with a number next to her head saying she's light level XXX or whatever you're just you have it's harder for us to assign that quantity to characters in game so with that how would you how would you describe light as a power would you describe it as their ability to utilize it efficiently or an actual they are able to channel more of it i wouldn't say being able to channel more would make them more powerful it's how you use it how how you manipulate it because to me light is very malleable sure okay like for example if you have a Ward of Dawn. A, mm-hmm. If you know how to use a Ward of Dawn, it could be much more effective because if you were to cover the wall of the city in Ward of Dawns, you could protect yourself against a, a large array of surface-to-ground or ground-to-ground missiles. But if you lay mm-hmm. them, you couldn't stop a Shrek or Titan. Being able to use the light in ways that bring out the most benefit, the most advantage to me, would be a better ability, like, source. Like, it would show their prowess more than just raw power. Okay. It's just the... It's it's not the the quantity it's the quality mm-hmm. of which you're like using strategy, it the strategy yeah. behind the it. quantity mm-hmm. does help because mm-hmm. it allows you to use a larger array mm-hmm. but it's not the sole reason a battle could be won here's the interesting part of that though is that we go into a game type like crucible and there's some some way that they are able to mitigate or do we voluntarily mitigate our own power? If you are at, say, 962 and you're playing against a kindergarten who is doesn't even have a full cloak yet, which I ran into one of those poor poor sods last night in Iron Banner. I don't know in what Iron he was doing Banner. in Iron Banner. Yeah, I don't know what well, he was then. doing. He was trying real hard, though. He, I felt really bad. His name was Pizza something, and I felt real bad every time I killed him because you just you just automatically pull the trigger when somebody comes around the corner, and it, it had no cloak. He just had the little rag. Oof. Yeah. So, but in Iron or in Iron Banner, obviously, you, power matters. But in like Crucible, normal Crucible, power does not matter. So. Obviously, that's a mechanic yes. thing for us, but it is also explained in game. It is also very much so touched on in game because Shax talks about it, and so does Saladin. So how hmm. how are are we able to suppress our own light at that point in order to follow in t- with the rules? Well, that could be something that Ghost is doing too. It could be. Yeah, there okay. was an old theory I remember seeing that 
it's the ghost. Do we ever have an instance of a guardian using light when their ghost is gone? Like, That's, destroyed? N- no. Like, it's arguable, but, like, the closest that you would see that is um, Eris or Toland. Maybe could be. There's a few... Yeah, I mean, but the but the, I mean, there's also the argument that Dick Kapir's ghost actually, yeah, because yeah, we never true. really we never it's, knew what because it's like it's there's some there's sometimes there's hints because there's like Shin Shin technically doesn't have Tanashi anymore. Yeah, but, um, it was an old theory that ghosts were the like limiter from the light of the guardian, right. Because mm-hmm. they, in our, the initial resurrection, they supply us with light to resurrect us. We have the capacity to use the light, not the light already in us. Mm-hmm. We need the what? Did, what did Justin call it? It's the it's the link in the chain yeah. that. But helps I mean, that's also why it's called out that it's the it. traveler's light, not our light. Yes, which mm-hmm. if I bring back to my my theory would help the symmetries like connected across mm-hmm. which um i forgot to raise a point that that since the edz is its own source in my theory that our our guardian may not have necessarily become its own source we may have swapped sources instead okay so since the traveler so... was inaccessible and we had a vision of the EDZ. We went there and basically swapped respawn points. So does that mean at this point we are actually still using just the respawn point? Or did when the Traveler did its little um, awakening scene at the end of the Red War with Gaul and exploded out with light, which signaled this pyramid ships, did that reconnect us to the base traveler, or are we still connected to the EDC? I would say we were reconnected because the uh, radiation of light did give the powers back to other guardians. I wouldn't That's say fair. it'd be weird if our guardian was the only one that didn't get it, especially when the drifter, who was it? so far away, got his back as well. Right, but would it? We're, we were already connected. We were already set up with a, a power source. Maybe our power source. Now this is just total yes. spin foil. Oh There's no, nothing no, no. That's the case. attached to it. If that's the case, that but would explain we how we are so much to... more powerful. Yeah, we're still connected to the EDZ it could shard. Be, it could be while everybody else is connected to the traveler. Traveler. There's two possibilities: is that we're still connected to the EDZ shard in this case, or we have doubled down and double yes. dipped. Oh Lord. Because talk about double. Because uh. if we compare, if we compare the uh, max of D one, which was what three hundred. Uh, I say three hundred. It was like three twenty. Yeah. I think was like one of the three or three twenty. And we now there. we're at Shadowkeep. We're mm-hmm. almost a thousand. If you don't include the artifact, I mean, is the guy up to a thousand now, or is he or is he still at nine nine nine? He's pretty. He was he had gotten to nine 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 with the help of the okay, artifact. Yeah, 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 okay. So, I mean, the increase is getting larger and larger. So I'd say, in my in my theory, it could be possible that the, our guardian is double dipping between the queso and the salsa. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, that is I like both disgusting and I love this analogy. Apt. Let's continue on this road. <laughs> hey, um, are you hungry? I'm hungry now. You know what you do? You put some pulled pork in that <laughs> queso. Oh my gosh! Stop. Sausage. I have I have pulled pork upstairs. <laughs> Not the ghost. Actual pulled pork. Yeah, so do I. I made some today. Yeah, it's so good. Nice. I, I wrap it with brown sugar. All right. So let's back up a okay. little bit and talk about, a, instead of the theory on what's going on with our guardian and light, but just talk about the real kind of nuts and bolts and basics of light. So most basic question for any kindergarten, what is light? Um, the best way I can describe it is light is paracausal, meaning we, when we use it, we can shape our destiny our fate based mm-hmm. on how we want it to be and the volta glass we have that famous little ability guardians make their own fate which is not only true in the vault mm-hmm. but it is true in the physical world the universe because we can alter timelines with our pa- paracausal outside of physics abilities Okay. So light, is it an actual animating force or is like, it is what wakes us up in some respects with the ghost and everything. So with the ghost first charging us with the light, that's not necessarily a manifestation of our own insight, though, is it? Because it's the changing your own destiny. If that is, if, if it is a source to be able to utilize to change your own destiny or to manifest something that you are calling forth, which um, we've talked about in a couple different episodes. If uh, listeners for a long time would know it from episodes uh, 26 and episode 103, when we talk about concepts of light and um, supers and whatnot, but is our initial resurrection though, following that same pattern? I would say it's possible because there aren't too many in there's not any instances i think where a being is i mean aside from fic role where a being is brought back with full consciousness and what is seemingly free will after death because mm-hmm. fic role's got his score in which he could puppeteers essentially but outside of that example i wouldn't say there's anything else where free will is still given, taken have no will, scorn don't have any will. Mm-hmm. But it, it's always hard to say with a light because there are some sections where we know pretty well what can do, but it's also very vague at times. Uh, Chad is mentioning Tanix. Does that? Yeah, I don't remember them ever explaining. I mean, he is like a lot of machine, but. I don't think they ever mm-hmm. explained how he like was able to come back. Just that he did. Yeah, and had to look was, back and he was that. always explained as just the headache. Yes, like right. Cade referred to him as as specifically the headache that you'd put down and you just popped back up somehow. Right. It's it maybe because since the fallen have such a machine orientated uh, civilization that most of the parts we severely injure are just machinery that they can replace. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
it's, it's a little bit of the um, yeah, like when Terminator. I was gonna say Darth Vader face kind of thing. He's like he's mm-hmm. injured, but he can still recover. Mm-hmm. Just we right. as guardians may assume he's dead. You know, the they've been assuming. Yeah, it does make an, a thing out of me and you. Um, <laughs> forever I, to realize that's what, how do you spell assume? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my that was my grandpa's favorite favorite saying for a long time. It was his only, the only way my mother would let him cuss in front of me. <laughs> um, what falls under the purview of light? So we have a few different manifestations that we are able to conjure or call forth when it comes to light. We have the solar, arc, and void aspects. Yes, um, they are often described as a, a, mostly a feeling, like in the uh, Dawn Blade card. Of, they talk about, you just think the word sword and it appears. And it's it, I would like to think the the word sword and have it appear in my hunter's hands. Why can't my hunter do that? That is a very good question. And from a mechanic point of view, it would make classes irrelevant. It would feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it would be cool to have like a combo swap, swapping like that. But maybe it's a limitation of personalities. Like you're a hunter. You, a lot of hunters have similar personalities. A lot of warlocks have similar personalities. A lot of titans have similar personalities with their crayons. With yes. their crayons? You 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 just slid that I right did. in there. My buddy Hip is going to enjoy this. Um, that's all right. Um, okay, so, so... So these so these similar personality types could result in them feeling more comfortable using light certain ways. Okay. So it would you still consider void an aspect of the light? Yes. I would. One point because we have the Zevathun strike which they talk about void light quite a lot. Mhm. It but void isn't necessarily the darkness but the lack of anything. Much like its name implies, void is devote of anything, or devoid of anything. Mm-hmm. It's yes. the absence. The space between stars, the blackness of space. And so, go keep going. I'm sorry. You can you can go. I was just probably going to pull something that wasn't coherent, but. I was just going to say that the aspect of the void in that strike, the line that always caught my eye is the fact that the hive do not have void light. They do not, they're not able to conjure it necessarily themselves, which point of order on that bungee. Why are shriekers shooting void at me Hmm. then? Um, But they can't exactly, they can't power that the crystals are powered by void light and the void light comes from guardians, which is something you discovered along that strike. Pulled so, it from Guardians and put it in a crystal form. Right. Which is an interesting thing when you think about, is Taiko a, a Void Guardian blue? Do you remember what her subclass is? She, well, she's a warlock. Um, Wasn't she a Praxic Fire? 
the thing the thing is is like they can guardians can switch subclasses yeah so it's not like right. you're not like dedicated to it it the way Absolutely. i the way i took it was that guardians are capable of conjuring the light the light and so whether whatever flavor the light it was needed they could conjure it all now and similar with like Wei Ning. Wei Ning was able to conjure void light, but she wasn't. That wasn't her her Primary. her forte. Like her forte was definitely being a striker. You know, striker. you know the arc. The arc was her strength. She, but that didn't. That's not to say that she wasn't capable of summoning void. It just was more difficult for her than you know than than for Zavala. Like being right handed. It's just interesting. Right, right. You can still write with your left. It's just going to be a lot harder. I mean, Zavala seems to be able to flip between subclasses without really much thought. But you have to. That's isn't that part of being one of the Vanguard mentors? Right. No. Yeah. And that's and that's my yeah. That would be my argument too. Is the mentors are probably going to be the paragons of of each of those subclasses because they're going to be mentoring guardians that's the entire you know namesake Mm -hmm. of it but what that does show us is that it is possible to flip between i mean even we have we have hints that toland and osiris did the same thing Mm -hmm. toland seems to be more void oriented osiris definitely seems to be more solar oriented but we have quotes from both of them on the other subclasses like we have tolan speaking about wings of fire and we have uh osiris mm-hmm. talking about the void oh, yeah. so you know it's so one of my favorite lines from tolan in that case would be him in full radiance standing on mercury and being cooled by the solar yes winds. yeah yeah i love that one mm-hmm. i i had an old car that said the temperature of mercury was a few thousand i have to mm-hmm. check on that real quick but so just like while you're looking that up my question or my question is is the fact that the hive pulled the void aspect out more a an an aspect of putting up the barrier void is oftentimes if you think about like the original idea of the titan the void titan with the bubble or even the sentinel titan now where they put up a wall um hunters bind things warlocks still just blow up because that's what they tend to do but um the way that the hive are using the void crystals is they're using it to charge these barriers so we've talked about on the show once before the aspect of each of the the void the solar the arc the paradigms of Mm -hmm. light being different aspects of um utilized in different ways so void oftentimes is used as a defensive or a supportive class again except for warlocks because they're weird but well and hunters now too and sentinels sentinels can technically be offensive too right they are offensive they were initially thought as a a defensive type class or like a a binding class of some Mm -hmm, sort the mm -hmm. void was either used to bind things together or to block things out it it could be because since the void light pulls from nothing, when, say, for example, a void blade cuts something, it's pushing this nothingness in between atoms to create a space of that nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a void wall, since 
It's a barrier of nothing. It doesn't allow anything to go through. It still allows un- what, what what can still go through. Um, Celestial Nighthawk will still go through. Certain Warlock supers will still go through. But yeah, I, I, under- I understand what you're meaning by that. So it is the it is still creating that barrier. It's still creating that aspect. And if it's the void light barrier from Zavathun, for example, it could be that it still allows light through, because they're mm-hmm. still similar flavors. Okay. So we talked before about arc. Well, real quick, Green. Um, also, going go back, going back to the Shrieker thing. Um, you know, I think that it would also be worth noting that there might be there might be a difference between void as an element and void light. Yes, um, the three element cards we got in Destiny One said that these forces are fundamental forces of the universe. So they exist in the universe, but our light versions are able to manipulate the natural versions. We used to think, um, what was it, strong force, weak force, mm-hmm. kind of tied into it. Did, what, what was the other one? Uh, I don't strong remember the force, last weak one. force, and then... Uh, was it, it wasn't gravity. Uh, well, natural. strong force is gravity. <laughs> right. Yeah, strong, weak, uh, natural, nuclear, gravity. Electro, electromagnetism. Was, yeah, those... Yeah, that would have been the arc. The solar was the gravity um, would be void. Uh, fission aspect. Yeah, gravity mm-hmm. was void, and fusion was uh, solar. Never saw it that way. Because that was, I think that was, that was, I think it was an old Reddit theory, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to think about if there are actual elements of the universe that we already. Ex- that already exist in our world, right? Because that was that would be that was the theory somewhat. They were arguing for the fourth subclass being um, the weak, weak force or radioactive weak decay, force, which would be the green right. fiber oh, that everyone concept saw. on that. Yeah, that's it. Was like I think two or three years ago. Now, no mm-hmm. man, it might have it was been a green subclass of ever right. Isn't that somewhat what we get with Thorn? Yeah, that, that well, that was the argument was that if we get a fourth mm-hmm. subclass, they're hoping they were hoping that the the weak uh, force would be the radio radio radioactive decay would be the fourth subclass because then it would naturally align with the types of like a Thorn Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now you uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. imagining a worse poison tick or the oh, fact yeah. that Dredgenor's weapon is even closer to the golden gun. Mm-hmm. I don't know which is worse. I don't know. So we talked a little bit at the beginning about the concept of the ghost being important when it comes to um, channeling light. We also have in lore and in game, at least in a few different points, the aspect of light bearers rather than guardians. How would you define light barriers versus uh, light bearers versus guardians? Is it mainly just an alignment thing? Because I know we've talked about this before on the show, but this is for new listeners who may not be super versed in our our back catalog because we're almost to 
200 episodes or just in general theories when it comes to destiny? Um, well, uh, right now I believe there are five terms used for people who can use the light. We have a risen who is a usually, usually associated with a newly resurrected person. And then you have mm-hmm. a, a general term, a broad name for people that use the light, like the drifter, for example. He's called a rogue light bearer because he doesn't align with the city at all. He may be in the city and have a game which in turn makes our guardians better, but he is not a guardian. And then we have the Iron Lords who were kind of the early guardians who protected people against what was the warlords or light bearers who used their powers mainly to be tyrannical leaders of their territory. And the final term we have at the moment is guardian, which is exclusively used for light bearers that protect the last city and humanity. So would Ephrodite still be considered an iron Lord rather than a guardian? I would, because she's often doing her own thing. Often the, her little bastion of, um, not war. Pacifist. Yeah. yeah, pacifist colony. I don't believe she ever revoked that title. So she would still be considered an Iron Lord, but just not a very active one. Like how Zavala's a guardian, but he's not out on the field. Mm-hmm. Just interesting, because we call Drifter Lightbearer, and that's just because he hasn't adopted the name for himself as a guardian. But in some ways, he's still participating in somewhat protection of the last city, more so just he's, doing yeah, his own thing. He's in thing, for his but... own salvation. If the city is yeah. his best shot, he's going to use it. It's just interesting how it's literally just kind of a slang term for who who's who's your home based? Who's your home base? Who are you protecting? Yeah, don't let it be said that humanity doesn't like making labels. No kidding. Um, I mean, but I mean that also that, that that to be fair, that is something that is needed. If you're going to discuss something, you have to have a label to discuss it because yeah. you know it'd be it'd be, it'd be like oh, having sorry. a conversation where they did this, they did that, and you're talking about two different right. groups. Right, right, exactly. That's how I've always seen it. Where it's like light bearer is the overarching term because you literally are a mm-hmm. bearer of light, and then I, I know like. Yeah, like they're right calling, Dino's calling out, you know, it's the archaic term is the risen was because it was literally, that's what they were. They were risen. Like they they rose up. They were resurrected. Yeah. Um, So, sorry, I, just a question then. Um, When we were first risen mm -hmm. back in D1, our ghost automatically calls us a guardian. 
again and that's probably more so just kind of the tie into the speaker and the ghost knowing that objective and whatnot yeah i was going to say that's also that's also you you could argue that's also a psychological buttering of the the bread to start the process of like you're a guardian you know if i if you're a good guy i'm you're not a bad guy yeah exactly yeah, I'm the not, now that I'm thinking about that, human, uh, now that I'm thinking city. about that, what is? Do they say that to Drifter? I there wasn't an actual establishment of guardians right. at that point because remember Drifter was oh yeah he was yeah he was one of the first ago. yeah that's true but he, I mean that's that's the thing here's, is like here's my question yeah go for it is pulled pork smart enough to call Aldrin a guardian? Um. Assuming that pulled pork is his ghost, he does refer to he he does pulled pork has on record stated that he is looking for his guardian. He's looking for okay. So it's just now that's also I mean again to be clear that that is an assumption that pulled pork is I mean we're, I'm I'm ninety percent sure pulled pork is his ghost because I I don't think that anyone could pass up the hilarity of that situation, but um. But, like, we do know, because, like, when he's talking to, um, oh, God, just blanked on her name. When he's scanning yeah, the rubble. Yeah, he, my guardian could be really about... small. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Just... <laughs> hey, I like him. He's adorable. <laughs> he's, yeah, he, just, just, he is he cute. He's like the greatest guardian all. It's like you protect, I the, love you, you protect your nice little idiot friend. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, man. I love, I love pulled pork. I love the little dig at the mm-hmm. end of that card too, because it was like there was a moment where I was like, "Oh no, is that is that Dinklebot?" Because <laughs> they said something about <laughs> oh, it, like no. they could discover the most the best guardian of them all. I'm like, "Oh no!" Well, there's your redemption story for Aldrin, by the way. <laughs> right? If that's if the that's, prep for yeah. him. Yeah. But Chat. oh god, Beard's reaction was, to that didn't was he just, hilarious. He just like nearly hung up. Like he was just like a no. He was so <laughs> mad. I kept just digging and digging too because you know it's fun to poke at the bear a little bit. Uh. <laughs> All right, so we've kind of theorized about a lot of different things, but I kind of wanted to talk about the theories of what light is capable of doing, not just as guardians, but light in general. Because we've seen aspects of the light um, create the visions. We had the traveler. We had the um, the just the traveler bursting out. What can light do? I would say that's a very tall order. It is a really because, hard question. That's why I saved it to the end. The, since the light is paracausal, it bends the rules of reality to suit whatever it's being, whatever it's doing. I would be say it's mm-hmm. safe to assume, at least, that the light is only limited by the imagination of its user. <laughs> the light. I am not Green Lantern. No, f you. I am not wearing the stupid ring. I'm Just, not <sighs> Green. You'll get this now. You'll get this now. Just don't make the suit animated. <laughs> Well, I mean, technically, you wear you have a ring. It's just floating around you, and it talks back. No, no, no. That's the stupid lantern. You realize he's the lantern slash like he's no, no. 
All right. No, I am not having this conversation. We're not doing Green Lantern. Ryan Reynolds sucked at that role. Not lying. Don't care. The Ryan only Reynolds admitted ever that went he to. hated I was, that role. Yeah. <laughs> It was stupid. Like, it was so bad. It was the only thing I ever went to a midnight release of, and I'm still mad about Everybody it years is. later. I n- Everybody <laughs> is. But how about He's this? way better at Instead Deadpool. of the ghost being way better. the ring, how about the gloves our guardian never seems to take off? That's the ring. I don't care what's the ring. It's just, it's the aspect of the... I love the She's like, no, are, no. I just don't, no, I just don't want to be Green Lantern because he sucks. He's worse than Aquaman in my Dang. mind. But That's some harsh, yeah. that's some harsh, harsh reality there. I mean, okay, so if we're, if the light is able of manifesting things, does it have to have a director? Yes. Is there somebody yes. who has to yes. direct it at all times? It's like Siva. Is it just a force? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, my theory is that yes, it is. Uh, there's another theory that has a very small amount of merit. That the inside of the traveler is a consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this consciousness drives the light. Okay. Which yeah, but ex- even in that, but even yeah. in that situation, you still have an unmoved mover. Yeah, like you still have a a a, in, a, a sentient entity that is that is driving forth, directing yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because oh, we I would have to go into the new book a little bit, mm-hmm. which. What? Yeah, I, I'd that. like to keep that to the yeah, say, okay. advanced episode if we can. Because that's actually okay. one of the questions I have for the advanced one is, let's talk about what gets unveiled. Huh. Right, uh-huh. so uh-huh. how about we, How? yeah, no kidding. Um, how about we actually wrap up this episode and I will preface the fact that the advanced episode, for those listening to this in the future... The advanced episode is going to cover at least in part, part of the book unveiling. We're not going to cover the entire thing, but we're going to touch on at least some of the aspects from it. There's not going to be any spoilers. I've already told the guys they can't talk about anything but the five cards that we have as of November 8th, 2019. So, nope, you can't talk about the sixth card. I'm not spoiling it for anybody. Sorry. I know it's revealing because I've read it. And I've had it read to me, and it's just every time it's just it's not so. So looking forward to next week mm-hmm. when that actually drops, and the whole community goes what? But and we're not talking about quick, it yet. Guardian in chat mentioned that the traveler smells faintly of vanilla, which I yeah. like to think personally is the smell of light. That I still think that's a hallucination. I think that they're they're calling it for themselves because Finn Church is, is very weird, weird and He's probably warlock, hopped up he? on stuff anyway. I don't think we actually yes. have a designation for him. Is he? I want to say he is. I'll talk. He's not a warlock. He's check. a hunter. Because I have the old yeah. It's he's one Finch. of yeah. He's one of the I have other. the old Finn Church postcards hmm. images. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have if... him as a warlock. His ghost Nothing. is named okay. Neville. Interesting. If 
That makes one of the images sense. of him is him wearing what looks like a hunter getup a bit, but he is that also wearing. Surprise me. <laughs> he is. He is also wearing what is a giant hat. So hunters hunters are not known for that. But he did dress up as a fall and fallen as well, so it's very touch and go. Okay, let's wrap up because Blue just admitted something to me in chat. I want to get to ep- the advanced episode. <laughs> so shout outs. Because I, yeah. Should I reiterate what I have said uh, before? Yes. Okay. Do it. Uh, you can find me, Did You Know Destiny, at Facebook at the same name and Twitter and Instagram at DYK Destiny, a shortened version. And my new podcast now you know destiny which is on every platform nice um my shout out this week actually is for what would it once this episode comes out be later this week november 16th it is for the guardians mh which is stands for mental health it they are formerly known as saint 14 project they are putting on a charity stream for mental health, for awareness and whatnot, and they have a quite the uh, lineup of streamers on the this starting at 11 a.m. Eastern on Guardians MH on Twitch, and they have people like Man at Arms, Nim Plays, Young Con, Gamma Trap. Those guys are all going to be helping raise money for talking about mental health and everything. Uh, I do know that man at arms and his crew is going to be on, on the late (laughs) evening because they have, as they should. Yes. They have the go ahead once they hit past 9 AM or 9 PM to be able to curse because the rest of the stream is clean. Um, So that's going to be, I don't think you go through an hour of not cursing. I have heard Rick be very responsible and not curse. It takes a lot out of him. Yes, I was about to say, he also groans (laughs) the entire time. (laughs) He does, but he can do it. I also may have talked to him about possibly coming on to our show because apparently he mentioned on his show that he would come on our show to to catch, um, just talk about time travel and the Vex (laughs) and basically just go why at us the entire episode. So... His, his lore cards are the best. <laughs> they are pretty funny. If you haven't followed him on Twitter, you you better do so. Because his lore... What, are, what does he say? Uh, lore is icy it? Oh, yeah. It's like... Thing. Uh, oh, no. I don't know. It's... Oh, my God. He, he sends them to they're, me they're every good. morning. I get a DM from As, him. And it's like... I get one, too. <laughs> I'm like... I do, I'm too. I'm like, oh, my God. You're killing me. Uh, let me pull one up. Just scroll back. My understanding understanding of lore. (laughs) Ridiculously powerful and intelligent supercomputer. Probably nefarious, but it gave me a giant laser cannon. So it's like, whatever. He's a titan, isn't he? 100%. He's Peregrine Greaves, man. (laughs) He's the Peregrine Greaves, man. So, yeah, he's going to be helping out. And I know young Khan will be there. And they'll be raising money for mental health awareness and whatnot for... The project, St. 14 project. So check those guys out at Guardians MH on Twitch. Blue? Yeah, you, you pretty much nailed all the ones that I was going to say. Um, you know, just just again, big shout out to, to the guys who are doing all the charity work this week and last week. Um, 
chat. But wow. it, you know what's sad? My, my wife does not watch Destiny things, but she can quote that video <laughs> your son will die it's just like okay julie stop like you don't watch videos but you quote men it's at because arms she's like titan. seriously she's you, a titan too she really is she is she's never played the game but she really really is oh man oh that's awesome but yeah so mm-hmm. all right so as usual until next time goodbye With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright.